Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to Financial Coaches Network Podcast. Emily, what are we talking about this week? Today's episode is approximately, what, three and a half years in the making? (laughs) So today, Josh and I are going to talk about time blocking. And the reason it's very long time in the making is in the launch program, there's some discussion about time blocking and how that can be a good way to manage your schedule. And way back when I went through the first cohort of launch, I had a lot of pushback. I provided a lot of pushback against that of, how the heck is this supposed to work in my schedule? I don't think you understand. And my views have evolved somewhat. And I think my point of view of what time, my understanding of what time blocking is has also evolved. But yeah, we're going to talk about how to effectively use time blocking and maybe how to make whether or not time blocking works when you don't have a reliable schedule. Yeah. And just for context, at that time, you had a relatively small child that was not very independent based on a their three-year-old. Yes. A, a newly three-year-old or yes. two-year-old at that point, I guess. Yeah, so whatever. You know, a lot of the pushback, a lot of the discomfort that, that you see is from parents of young children. Mm-hmm. As children tend to throw a little bit of chaos into your schedule. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yep. And she was also home with me full time. She didn't have daycare. She didn't have preschool. There was no guaranteed child free time. Yes, she theoretically napped, but theoretically. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so that idea of being able to do time blocking, I can totally understand why it seems, notice I said seems, seems (laughs) impossible with young children. Yes. I will tell you, I have young children, Mm -hmm. one a little bit older than yours and one a significant amount younger than yours. Mm -hmm. And I would not survive without time blocking. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it has to do with perceptions of what what do we mean when we mean blocks of time, right? Yeah. And I'll say that my original interpretation of time blocking was from nine to 10, I'm doing this. From 10 to 11, I'm doing this. From 11 to 12, it was like... 30 to 60 minute chunks, which I was like, great. So I say, I'm going to work on this from 9.30 to 10. And then at 9.35, my child comes in and needs something. Or I plan to have this time while she's not like, so what is even the point? Because life is chaos. Chaos is life. Yeah. And now I'm starting to realize, oh, you could go as big as time blocking by day. Like this day I'm doing this, this whole day. I'm And yeah, so, but even then for me, I'm like, I don't even know how you manage all of that. So I'm interested to hear more about what has worked well for you and what you see working well for other people. So let's start with what at a high level is time blocking, right? Yeah, good idea. And time blocking is taking your to-do list 
and putting it on steroids. Mm -hmm. So half the people who push back on time blocking love to-do lists, Mm -hmm. right? And so all we're doing is providing a little more structure to the to-do list. Mm -hmm. With time blocking, what you say is you identify in this week, what do I need to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And then when am I going to accomplish it? And you literally block off that time so that you're not saying, well, I'm going to work on email for a little bit. Then I'll switch over to this and I'll come back to email. No, I need to get email done. I'm going to do email from 9 to 9.30 a.m. every morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea of it. And, it. and we want to try to create some consistency. Humans are, we love consistency. You take a child and take Rupture. them out of routine. Yeah, they, they go crazy, yeah. right? And so that's, that's not just children, that is human beings. And so by creating that consistency, creating that structure, you actually reduce your stress and increase your productivity. When do you want me to push back against things that I hear you say and make me go, well, but what if, when do you want me to bring up my words? Okay. Right now. You plan to do email from nine to nine 30 or whatever you said. Two things that I am, my brain immediately goes, but what if email takes five minutes, then what do you do with the other 25 minutes or more concerningly, because you can always find something else to do with the extra time, right? Great. It only took half of the allotted time. Cool. I can move on to the next thing early or whatever. But what if you had a million emails come in all of a sudden and suddenly it's 930 and you only got through half of the things that you needed to get through? Okay. So that is a very, very good question. Um, I want to change it. I want to respond to that question with a different question. And I'm going to slightly change your question. I want you to answer. Okay. Okay. What if you normally grab the mail after you have your cup of coffee, mm-hmm. bring the mail in, go through the mail real quick while your daughter is eating breakfast and then take her to school at 830. Mm-hmm. And that one day, 80 different pieces of mail come in. What are you going to do? Deal with it later. Right. So you're going to set the mail aside and you're going to say, and by the way, if your entire day is blocked up, when are you going to deal with it later? The next day. Next morning when you're opening mail, right? Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the solution to that is when you have a bunch of emails come in, if you see that you have, and this is with everything, it's not just email, right? It, you want to triage. You mm-hmm. want to go through the emails, identify which ones do I need to respond to immediately? Which ones do I know I can delete right away? Mm-hmm. Probably do that in your same 30 minute session, right? Mm-hmm. You're block and then all the other ones that you need to respond to but you but they're not urgent you don't need to respond to immediately you save until the next time you're doing email and when you have that time where it's only going to take five minutes for the ones that come in that's when you get caught up on the emails right but what if all of them are urgent or what if there's more than 30 minutes of urgent emails it is, Again, this is where my brain goes. Yeah, so we're, we're it playing is, it out. <laughs> so two things. It is highly unlikely that that all of them are urgent, right? Um, if that's the case, you are probably dealing with some form of crisis, right? Which and is probably not going to be every time. It's not going to be every time. And when you are dealing with some form of crisis, crisis always, you know, you always have to adjust for that. Right. Mm So we should be unusual things. Um, You're not going to have a ton of urgent emails. You know, I will tell you right now, 
I could imagine a scenario where I am going to get a ton of urgent emails. And that is if on the front page of every newspaper and the evening, the top story on the evening news every night is the custodian that I custody with. They say there was a major data breach and mm-hmm. half of their customers lost their retirement accounts. Yeah. Or they're going bankrupt or whatever. Yeah. I am going to have a massive flood of very urgent emails and two things. First, that is not going to happen very often. In fact, it hopefully will happen never, but at at most once in my entire career. (laughs) Right. And secondly, no matter how you manage your time, that is going to take precedent over everything else. And so you, you adjust to those unusual scenarios. Okay. I have a, I have a third um, possibility or you underestimated how much time you need daily to do with that task. So that, yeah. So that is going to be the solution to almost everything. So right. when you give pushback, almost always the top solution is the whole point of time blocking is you identify how much time that you need. Mm-hmm. And if you identified wrong, you need to adjust your time blocks. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of it is, you know, setting good expectations and boundaries with clients. First day of class, I tell my students, do not email me through the learning management system. Those emails will not be checked. And I open up their learning management system and I show them the number of unread emails in my <laughs> inbox to prove to them that they are not going to be checked. Email me at this email address. I will email you within two business days. If you need a faster response, come to one of my office hours and I show them what the office hours are. Um, I will not email over the weekend and the weekend for me starts. My last office hour is 9 30 PM on Thursday night. Hmm. That is the start of my weekend. So I will not reply to anything or even look at anything from 9 30 until, and then I say when I start up the next week. So I set very clear expectations of what the communication is going to look like. And if you set the expectation that you are going to reply within five minutes, then time blocking isn't your problem. You've basically made it so that nothing in your life can survive the email onslaught. If you set the expectation that it's going to be within one business day or two business days, and you do emails every morning at 9.30 and every afternoon at 4.30, uh, you're really never going, I'm just, I'm not saying that's when you should do it. Just right. you know, bring it out like a couple times a day, half an hour. You're never really going to have a situation where you won't be able to hit that, that's, that response time uh, for people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's not that you're going to get through all of your emails, but you'll get through the ones that need to be responded to in that time period. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you find that you're not getting through it, then we need to add an extra 15 minutes to one of those times. Right. Um, so that that's, that's my response to that pushback. All right. Next Sounds pushback. Good. All right. Um, well, question that came in, what if you blocked off a two hour block to do something, um, not email, because hopefully you're not spending two hours a day on email. Um, if you're doing it on a regular basis, you shouldn't need to, hopefully. Otherwise, unsubscribe. Go through the unsubscribe list. Um, and you get a call from somebody that they claim is essential, urgent, whatever. And three hours later, you're still working on that phone call. So broader, how do you adapt? I mean, I suppose that sort of falls into the crisis 
scenario of it's going to happen. Sometimes you accept that it'll happen. Sometimes it messes everything up and then you get back on the horse the next day and kind of keep going. Have you ever called your doctor and they just picked up randomly? No. Well, I mean, the nurses do, but the nurses do. Ah, they're, they're wonderful. Yeah. Um, Have you ever called your dentist and they just picked up randomly? The receptionist does. Right. The receptionist does. Have you ever, uh, do you think that if you called your lawyer or your accountant, have you ever during tax time? My lawyer would, because he's my cousin, but that doesn't count. That's a, that doesn't that, count. Exactly. Yeah. But your, your, ta- your accountant, you know, yeah. if you're CPA, you're during tax time, you don't schedule. You let them leave a message and figure out how urgent it is. And yeah. Yeah. And if you have a lot of clients that call you, right. Um, then you know, checking voicemail should be like checking email. <laughs> right. Uh, if you, but the, the expectation that you should be on call 24 seven and able to pick up is that expectation is not realistic anywhere. And mm-hmm. if you take that expectation out, it is a ridiculous expectation that no one would want. Yeah. No one would want their cardiologist to pick up anytime that you, that you called them. I don't care how stressed you are about your surgery tomorrow. If they're in the middle of surgery, you won't, don't want them randomly picking up the phone. Or right. it's 3 a.m. before your 7 a.m. surgery. I would want them to be sleeping so that I yes. know that they are well rested before cutting me open the next day. Yeah. Um, if you were sitting down with your CPA or you were sit, or you as a coach are sitting down with a client and another client calls up and you, oh, excuse me, let me take this real quick. Yeah. How does that feel to the person sitting in that chair? Right. Yeah, not great. And so when we play this out, you know, you don't you would never pick it up if you were in the middle of a conversation with an existing client. Right. If you're in the middle of a session. Why is any of your other work any different? Mm. Right. And from the perspective of the um, of the clients, if you are really worried about offending your clients. Right. Make your voicemail message. Say something like. Hi, you've you've reached Emily uh, at you know uh, such and such coaching. I um, I'm either with a client right now or working on stuff for clients, or I might be playing with my kids if if it's after hours. Yeah. Please leave a message and I'll get back to you tomorrow. Right, so you can address that in the message if that really. Mm-hmm. I would say argue that that's not necessary because most people understand that professionals have other things to do than just pick up the phone whenever you call. Um, I don't Almost. go ahead. I don't pick up the phone unless it's in my calendar. Yeah. So if a client calls, I let it go to voicemail. Even if I'm not doing anything, I let it go to voicemail. Right. And then I will turn around. Now there are certain rare exceptions to that. And that is, you know, I have a client, we've got a, 24 hour deadline to get money into an account um, because their bank messed up and couldn't get them the money for wiring for the buying of a house. But literally this happened, right? I said for the next two days, right? Over the, between now and when this is, 
Um, call you call me. I'm available. I will pick up so that we can get this done and work this together. Right. And even then I said, but if you want to absolutely make sure you get me schedule using this link so that I know, I know it's blocked off. And so that it's not right. Um, so even, even in those circumstances where I say, you can call me, I also say, if you want to make sure that I pick up, use the scheduling link yeah. to schedule. So it's blocked off in my calendar. Yeah, that makes sense. It's right. almost what I was going to say earlier was it's almost more about boundaries. Yeah, it's Which, very much when you're a new coach, when you when you're when you don't have a full how, whatever full means to you slate of clients, when you have flexibility, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, I can just do this later. So let me take this call or let me reply to this email right away. But the busier you get, the less you can do that, because, as you said, you literally can't do that for everybody. And it's it's setting the expectation early that you are important to me, you matter to me, and there's a lot of other important stuff as well. Yeah. So here's how we can make sure that you feel valued and prioritized and you're respecting my time and my boundaries and I can get the other stuff done that I need to. And even Which is you, hard, personally speaking. For myself, that's really hard. Yeah. I want to make everybody happy. And even if you don't, um, have a lot of clients, it will slow down the growth of your business. Oh, for because sure. There is a psychological switching cost, right? When we switch yeah. from one task to another, it slows down our productivity and it takes a long time, a lot longer than you think it does to get back up to the productivity level you were at before you switched. Mm -hmm. And so when we're, when we're doing that, we are going to necessarily have less productive time spent working on our business and we are also then necessarily going to slow down the growth of our business. Yeah. The good news is you'll have a lot more time with fewer clients, right? So a lot longer, you'll, you'll be have fewer clients a lot longer. So yeah. I, that works in your favor. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's. The next thing, a pushback. Next, next. Well, well let's detour back to okay. like, how do you set up? a time block schedule. And Emily specifically would like to know what are the name of your time blocks? What do you have time blocked off for? Okay. So generally, calendar. How, how do you decide how to set that? And specifically, how do you, Josh, have time yep. blocked? Okay. So as I'm looking at my calendar, uh, in my calendar, in, is, and I'm not going to go through every single item on my calendar, right? Yeah. In my calendar... It, my calendar starts at 4 a.m. Yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and my calendar ends at 11 p.m. Okay. Now, obviously, <laughs> this is not all work hours. But I, I start it well before my work time because I do have for certain situations, especially for my staff, we can schedule early morning appointments. They can schedule early morning appointments. Um, and... For my um, in the evening, I want to make sure that certain key things are put on there so that I understand how much time might be taken. So let me give you some examples. Okay? Perfect. So on my one calendar, I've got scheduled for today. I was trying to find where today was. <laughs> okay. I have scheduled for today. The very first thing is morning with the family. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is getting the kids up, getting them breakfast, getting them off to school, coming back from school. And okay? this meeting is scheduled on it. Mm -hmm. okay? 
the meeting for a prospect client is scheduled. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I've got a training thing. So a, a masterclass for tax planning, mm-hmm. right? A, a training thing. After that is uh, a 45 minute period for going through my CRM and checking off tasks and things in my customer relationship management system. Uh, then I've got a half hour of nothing, right? Ooh. That is a, yeah, that's some precious time there. Um, then I have a, a hour and a half scheduled for the college that I teach at, uh, the college-wise planning and budgeting committee that I sit on. Then I have, and here's the kicker, right? I have my commute to work, Mm-hmm. teaching scheduled, then my office hour, then my class, then the office hour after the class, then the commute back home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've included in here things like just working, not just with clients, but, and trainings, but time for my CRM. Mm-hmm. I, I, I skipped over email, uh, an email time. So I, I kind of skipped that one. Sorry. Uh, I have commuting time. Mm-hmm. I have things related to my family. You've right? mentioned before that you have like content creation. Sometimes. Content, yeah. Today, it's not on there yeah. today. There's right. time for content creation. Uh, there is, um, there are, uh, there's time for um, completing FCN tasks. Mm-hmm. That one I never give enough time to. <laughs> we know, it's okay. Uh, yeah. So, you know, every single, every, every single thing, every single type of thing that I do is accounted for, including just driving. And so my calendar looks really, really packed and it is, but what that allows me to do is it allows me to make sure that I'm not allowing things to bleed over into other things. No one can schedule the time during my CRM time. Nothing mm-hmm. can schedule during my CRM time. Because it's blocked off on your calendar, so it doesn't appear as an option. Yeah. And so as a result, and to everyone in the outside world, I'm just busy during that time. Doesn't mm-hmm. say what it's for. Right. Uh, no one can schedule time during my email time. Again, nobody well, knows if you're doing email or if you're with a client or with you, if you're with family or if you're in a training or whatever. Yeah. They just know you're not available. Yeah. So if it's going to take some of my time, it is scheduled. And I will tell you right now, for everything that it that um, I say, oh, this is important, I'll remember. Um, no, I won't. <laughs> it is not going to be consistent. Yeah. Right. And so that idea of being able to have time dedicated to each one, right, is is really, really important. So you mentioned consistent. How mm-hmm. consistent is your schedule in general? Should it be? I mean, day to day, week to week. Is it? Is there an ideal that you want to have some things be every day? You want to have some things be every week? How How do you sort of balance that? So most things are every week. Now, certain things like email is every day. Mm-hmm. Um, most things, however, are every week. So. Going through the CRM, that's a once a week basis. 
Uh, generally, I don't need to do any of that stuff. And I have a lot of automations that do it for other scheduled things, but generally I don't need to do that stuff every single day. And if I try to do that every day, uh, I would probably not need as much time, mm-hmm. but there'd be a switching cost of right. instead of doing it 45 minutes one day. If I did it 10 minutes, five days a week, I wouldn't get as much done, even though it's five extra minutes. Mm-hmm. It take me a little while to get into the CRM. It would get take me a little while to get back into the groove of clicking which buttons where, right? Right. Um, and so do the you try. More- do you try to set aside like the same? Like, do you have forty five minutes set aside every Thursday to do CRM, or is it forty five minutes at some point every week? No, it is scheduled as a repeating, recurring calendar okay. point. That was kind of my guess that that again, going back to that structure, that consistency, that routine, you know, every Thursday from this time to this time is CRM time or every Tuesday from this time to this time is content creation time or whatever. And then if other things come up, well, how, how often like, oh, I need to schedule a doctor's appointment. You don't always have a lot of choice about when to go when the doctor has available. Oh, you have plenty of choice. You just have to push it far enough out. That's fair. Okay. So you have a last minute doctor appointment that you can't push out. You need a referral now that Mm -hmm. sort of goes back to triage moment of, well, that takes precedence. So you make it work. Yeah. And so, but the, the key thing is it allows me to know what I'm sacrificing and it allows me to plan for how to adjust for it. So if the doctor says, I can't see you uh, other than the first at this time, the second at this time and the third at this time. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, weeks in the future, right? It could be one week in the future. I can look immediately at all of those times that they give me and I can say, okay, I've got, that's during my CRM time. That's during a class that I teach. That's during a training that I'm going and that's during a client appointment. Right. It allows me to be very intentional about not just scheduling the time, but understanding what I'm going to give up what I'm going to be sacrificing for that and understanding how I'm going to adjust for it. Mm-hmm. I could quickly, right. If I'm looking at those three, those things and I'm struggling, which one should I choose? Right. I could quickly jump into the CRM. Mm-hmm. I know one of the sacrifices is the CRM. I could quickly jump into the CRM and I can look at what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can say, okay, there's nothing on here that I can't delegate to someone else. So what I'll do is I'll just delegate all those things real quick, right? I could also look at it and say, ooh, I can't delegate anything, but I can look at the rest of my calendar and see, okay, there's a webinar. So this particular webinar, I don't want to miss because it's really important. This webinar, I'm kind of going to because, you know, I might be a little bit interesting, but I don't really care about it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to move my CRM to that webinar time and then schedule it during the doctor's time. So by time blocking like that, when you, it also allows you to see on your calendar, not just what is going to be impacted by the thing you're looking at, but also what can be moved around easily. And that would be the same kind of thing. If there, if you saw a webinar pop up that you're like, wow, that looks awesome. It's only live. I don't get the recording afterwards or whatever. It's during this time. Okay. What overlaps with that time? Can I not do that? And that kind of thing. 
Yeah, the master class today, the tax master class overlaps with my CRM by 15 mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. Remember when I said right after my CRM, I have a half hour of empty time? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Doesn't really matter. That's intentional. <laughs> right. Um, so if I get my CRM done within the time, great. If not, I, I, I have in there something where I can build that up. Right. Okay. That makes some sense. I want to, I want to give you, give the pushback that you alluded to earlier and you definitely gave it to me three years ago when we were, when you were first going through launch. Okay. And that is, I have a three-year-old. Oh yeah. I don't have the ability to schedule my time like that. Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes, you do. If email is going to take 30 minutes and you have a three-year-old of chaos in your life, (laughs) then the fundamental problem is not the time blocking. The fundamental problem is you calculated how long it was going to take email based on a fallacy of your three-year-old is going to leave you alone for those 30 minutes. Yeah. Right? So instead, it may take you two hours to get 30 minutes of time Mm. of email because you have a three-year-old that you don't know when they're going to pop up, but they're going to pop up. <laughs> yes, they right? are. And, and it so, could be in three minutes or it could be in 30 minutes and you don't know. Yeah. And so, you know, something that if you were working without a child in the house with, with childcare, with them at school, whatever it happens to be, yeah, you'd schedule it for 30 minutes because that's how long it would take. But because you have a three-year-old, that same thing has to be scheduled for two hours. And so that's what you do is you schedule it for two hours. Now, the immediate response that some people are saying, but that means I don't have very much time in the day. Yeah, that's correct. You don't. Yeah. 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 It's called being a stay-at-home parent to a crazy three-year-old. You're right. There's not much time to do other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So, and that's what, that's a big thing when people have struggles with time blocking is they have these idealized versions of how long things are supposed to take. And then they blame it on the time blocking when what the real problem was, was when we were building the time blocking, we built it as though we didn't have a three-year-old. And then we're surprised that when we actually are living with a three-year-old, it didn't work. You know, that's kind of like parents who have young children and they have really, really, really expensive stuff in their house, <laughs> all at child reaching height. Mm-hmm. And then they're surprised that things get broken. Yeah. Right. Take the expensive stuff and move it up four feet and things won't get broken. Right. Mm-hmm. And same thing with time blocking. Right. We have to build the time blocks based on the realities of your life. Um, not based on anything else. That's why commutes are in there. Mm-hmm. And that's why my commutes are. I will usually get back to my house one hour before my commute time is time block is ended okay. because I live in LA and it's oh, a yeah. mile commute. It's like, so, why would you do an hour? That seems like, oh yeah, you live in LA. It actually takes you time to get places. <laughs> yeah. So it can easily be an extra hour if there's an accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I block that extra time off because while normally I get back an hour beforehand, right? In my particular circumstance, that does not conform to reality. Mm-hmm. 
and it doesn't take very much for it to for it to be an extra half hour, 45 minutes, hour to the commute. Um, and so building that time in, creating that reality is is really important. And just like with expenses, it's it, you have a variable bill, you have your utility bill, it's better to overestimate. You're like, well, it could be 150 to 200 dollars. So let's say it's 200 because, oh no, we have an extra 50 dollars. Like that's not really a problem. Oh no, I have an extra hour to fill. Again, generally not. That's that's much better than oh shoot, I had a client call scheduled and there's this accident, so now I have to tell them that we can't meet and et cetera. Or right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's always easier to fill time. And what I usually fill that extra time with, I fill half of it with my daughter has just gotten home from school uh, mm-hmm. about 20 minutes before I get home. And so I fill it, hang out with her for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, sometimes I fill it with emails. Sometimes I fill it with other things, right? right. And, um, you know, it, it's easier to fill than it is to find time. Should we block off time specifically for client calls? Really? Oh, absolutely. And how do you, just in case, so... <laughs> If you're like, well, I could have some number of client calls. Do you just say daily from this time to this time is open for clients to schedule calls? So, and this is something that in grow in the grow CRM in the CRM that we have in our uh, upper level of membership. This is something that we will be the CRM will do this methodology, which is you don't actually block off t- client time. The client time, you do block it off on paper, but not on your calendar. So on um, on yesterday or for yesterday, the time that was blocked off for client calls for yesterday was 2 a.m. until 5 p.m. That was the time blocked off for client calls. Okay. Because I leave at 5 a.m., to go teach the class. Then I have an office hour for an hour. Then I teach two classes. Then I have an office hour. Then I come back for a commute and my commute time ends at two o'clock. So those things on paper, it's blocked off, but it's not blocked off in my calendar because everything else that's in there naturally blocks off that time for client meetings. Right? So on paper, when I design it, I say, okay, this would be open. This this time is going to be unblocked on my calendar intentionally for client meetings. And then on my calendar, it's left unblocked so that clients can schedule into it. So you you block time off by not blocking time off, essentially. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then generically, how do you determine what to include as a time block? Uh, Is it going to take your time? You heard it here first. If it requires your time, it is. Put it on the calendar. It's on the calendar. Yeah. 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 Um, more getting my kids ready in the morning, having breakfast together, taking them to school. That is on my business calendar. Because mm-hmm. right. it will take time. Because it'll take time. Is there an advantage to doing it that way versus just saying my business calendar doesn't start until nine or whatever? Yeah, there's a there's a big advantage, and that is. If I want to go in and I want to say, you know what, this is getting too stressful getting home, right? Um, in order to update my 
business calendar, right? All I have to do is click on it and change the beginning and end time. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going in and changing um, my Calendly mm -hmm. because if you have one Calendly, that's not a big deal. If you have four or five, that- And you have to do it everywhere. Yeah. And it's not just about Calendly, it's about any other system that you use that ties into your calendar. If you say, I'm going to start at 4 a.m. and I'm going to end at 11 p.m. And then I'm going to use my calendar to block off times between certain periods. Mm -hmm. um, and you just set up recurring appointments. It, it leaves one place to be able to do everything. Mm -hmm. right? um, now, keep in mind, I don't actually have my calendar starting at 4 a.m. <laughs> right. Yeah. It would, in Calendly, it starts at 6 a.m. My time block starts earlier because sometimes I have to, I have an hour commute right before my sick, my, you know, so on and so forth. Right. So my time blocking starts before and ends after my calendar in things like Calendly starts and ends. Right. So my time block starts way before and the Calendly starts and it ends way after the Calendly ends. So essentially the, the internal calendar is different than what clients see. Exactly. But what clients see is keyed off of that internal calendar. Yeah. So, so it's the internal calendar, for those of you who are listening and not watching, my hands are far apart <laughs> for the internal calendar. And then for clients, it's a smaller portion within that bigger exactly. day. Yeah. And so uh, you, you could do that. Well, yeah, okay. You want it large enough, but you want it large enough so that you're not constantly going in and changing it. Yeah. Because the more systems you have to go into change, the more likely you're going to forget one and cause a problem for yourself. Yeah. And the more likely you're going to go, screw it, this isn't working, just throw up your hands and... Yeah. So even my even my internal... Uh, my client calendar starts at, uh, I think it's 6 a.m. I think that's when my client calendar starts. But it is blocked off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday... From 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. And it is blocked off from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Sorry, it's blocked off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 6 a.m. to 7 to 9 a.m. Okay, that on, makes more sense. Monday through, sorry. All day. <laughs> yeah, Monday through Thursday, it's blocked off from 6 to 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. And on Friday, it's blocked off from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Okay. Now you say, oh, that's a lot of work. No, I created an appointment. Just I recurring. recurring and I just checked the boxes. Yeah. Right. I did the same thing for Friday. Only Friday has a 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. And that allows for people to schedule from 5 30 a.m. until 7 a.m. Right. So that allows them to schedule in that block. Mm -hmm. um, but I handle it through my calendar. Because my calendar allows me to visually see mm -hmm. all of the things in one place, as opposed to having to keep track of two different calendlies or, you know, my, my school calendar and my business calendar, right? Everything's in one place um, and I can see it all visually. That makes sense. I'm not happy about it, but it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that's sort of what I've been realizing as you know we've had continuing conversations about this what whatever thinking it doesn't have to be hour by hour 
It doesn't, it can, be, it can be, it can't even be more generic. I mean, ideally it's as specific as I'm doing CRM now, but it can even be for this one hour, I'm doing, you know, chores around the house for this two hours, I'm doing stuff with the business. And then hopefully you get more specific to in that two hours of the business, I'm, you know, responding to emails for half an hour, whatever, but it doesn't have to be as detailed as my initial response was. I would say that you want to make it as detailed as possible so that you know what you're sacrificing. Yeah. Right? And that makes sense. I'm that, in the business. that seems like a good phase two. Yeah. Like phase one, if we're still on time blocking for resistant dummies, like <laughs> putting myself yeah. in that category. Just, just block it off generally. Sure. Exactly. If, it, if we start with generally and I go, okay, I feel like I can do this, then we could get, yeah. Yeah. Did you convince Emily to do that? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Ask me in a month and or in a week or not today, <laughs> and we'll see. We, we have convinced me to let it continue percolating in a positive portion of my brain. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I'll take small wins where I can get exactly. it. Exactly. Take the win. We've, cut, we've made progress. <laughs> so I think I can't think of any other pushback or questions at the moment. I think we got through all the questions in the chat. If more questions come up, tag one of us because that's a much better way to ensure that we will see it. Um, tag us in the Facebook group, yeah. Yep, yep. If you're listening and you have questions, you can email info at financialcoachesnetwork.com and I'll send it on to Josh probably because I don't want to answer it. <laughs> we'll schedule another episode. episode. We'll schedule another episode, yeah. Yeah, we can do a follow-up. So, all right. We'll see you all later. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, it also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.